Just like I said last week, don't you love the magic of the cup? Here on the Always AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with American Accent. I hope no one checks the tapes on that. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro in Salt Lake City. And I was at a beer. I took a little drive around the corner to Red Rock Brewery. They have their, uh, where they actually brew their beer in their beer store on 400 West in Salt Lake City is on my way to downtown. So I stopped and picked up a few things. It's been miserably cold here the last few days, snowing off and on since the weekend. We had a snow squall last night that knocked power out for a bit. So I, you, you can go one of two ways. You can lean into it, go something dark and heavy. I want something summery. So I am drinking the Red Rock Brewery Forbidden Fruit, a POG tart ale. And the POG stands for Passion Fruit, Orange, and Guava. It is incredibly tart. Extremely tart, which is my preferred. I don't like those like light, soury, citrusy beers. If I'm going to drink a sour, I want it to be very sour. I would like a little more guava, mostly getting the passion fruit. It's kind of uh, a little bit of the orange. It's mimosa. It's kind of like a brunch drink, uh, brunch beer, which, hey, I don't mind. I don't mind a brunch beer every once in a while. And it'll uh, it'll sustain me for what will mostly be transfer news. And I wish it was stronger than 5% for that reason. But joining me on the show this week. First off, in New England, it's our New England owl, Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking? Hey, Jeff. Uh, how cold are you dealing with right now? Yeah, 20s. Yeah. I was uh, texting with uh, one of our English compatriots mm. uh, still in England and explaining to them that it was uh, minus five Celsius when I got in my car the other day. Yeah. Always nice because it sounds way better than uh, 23. Yeah. 23 is cold. Minus yeah. five sounds brutal. I will say and 20 with 60 mile an hour winds is not particularly pleasant. Uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been ugly down here. Um, but regardless, uh, I decided to change it up a little bit tonight. I was coming back from the rink and uh, yet another victory for the team I coach. We're doing quite well. And uh, I grabbed a main beer company, uh, mm. always a fan. I grabbed there a tiny, beautiful something yeah, pale ale because I've been in a good mood. Mm. And, uh, you know, I've been talking with some people recently who, like all of us, struggle from time to time. And uh, I've been trying to promote the vision of, uh, you know what, sometimes in life there are tiny, beautiful somethings to keep mm. you going. So stuck in my head and uh, looking forward to talking about a tiny, beautiful football team. So the, as well as your hockey team is doing, do you have a song? set to a Boney M uh, song yet. <laughs> no, man. North American sports culture, not enough songs, too yep. many chants. Mm. Uh, if I wasn't a coach, if I was just a fan, I would bring some songs in, but alas. Also on the pod this week, in Portland, Oregon, it's Mike LaRune. Mike, what are you drinking? I'm, st- I'm stuck trying to think of the Daddy Cool equivalent for Justin, so we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> Um, I actually, uh, I'm also mixing it up. I went with a red wine tonight. Um, I had actually avoided blends forever, uh, but a couple of years ago I got gifted one and I've kind of changed my mind. So I'm enjoying a red blend from the RM wineries of Quincy, Washington. Quincy is a little farming town right in the middle of Washington. This is their PNW red blend and it's, um, better than it needs to be kind of a bottle of wine. So. Hey, I'm sorry. I know. Jeff, you're a little pressed for time, and it's not mm. the night to be asked questions. Mike, what's a blend? What do you mean? Red? No, it's not, it's not a single. Gra- it's not a single red grape. Yeah, it's not a. It's not a, a Merlot. It's not a. You know, yeah. it's just. 
And some people have, has a bad reputation for kind of yeah. being the leftover stuff, but they, yeah. when you do it right, you can do make a good blend. And uh, just follow up. The obvious song for Justin is uh, Disorder set to the Pixies Debaser. Ah, oh, there yeah, you go. There you go. Hey, Western Mass shout out yeah. right there. There's our outro music. There we go. Yeah. I used to work with, uh... sorry, I'm killing this pod tonight. Jeff, Frank Black, and Black Francis. Music. Yeah, and uh... it was the other. Uh, I worked with his sister for a while, and I'm totally blanking on her name. That's oh, yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Really anyway, that. moving on. Football. Moving on. Football. <laughs> <laughs> We will review the Cardiff FA Cup game. We will talk about the Wednesday news, which is mostly transfer news, and there's a lot of it. And we will preview a trip to the south coast of England and Southampton. We will start with Cardiff in the FA Cup. Uh, Wednesday won four nil. If you're not aware or didn't uh, didn't tune in, not a not a big crowd there. Only only ten thousand. My word is what, and I want I need to put some context around this. Uh, I you need to say it or hear it. I cannot do this accent, but in the particularly like exasperated, overinflected David Tennant tenth Doctor, what? Like <laughs> every moment for the first ten minutes of this game, I was just saying what, like louder and louder. It was beautiful chaos, really. So the game starts. It's kind of quiet there. Obviously, the the cop is empty uh, the north stand is mostly empty so it just it has kind of like the pizza cup vibes which is like i it's the third time they played cardiff this year it's the second time they played cardiff at home recently though i know the weather hasn't been great in england the last week or so usually they do a little better than this for but the ticket FA prices cup. weren't lowered accordingly uh, i mean the fa cup i think generally sets the prices pretty i think that the fa cup sets what the sort of the limits there so i think they're generally fairly reasonable but regardless uh, the 10,000 or so in attendance immediately got treated to a Josh Windass worldie. Just a lovely little bit of, you can see him, he's back to goal looking for the pass from Palmer. And I think he just sort of like is going to take it and then, you know, try to beat his man and whip it in or something. And then he realizes there's no one really around him and just like lets it roll past him, looks up and fires it into the bottom corner. And he doesn't, and, you know, Windass doesn't celebrate this one. Uh, <laughs> which I don't, I don't know we don't celebrate fa cup third round goals i don't know what the what the rules are around that but it's just all one of those that like kind of like came from nothing too so just kind of like this that's weird it's like oh that just pinged into the bottom corner uh, and uh we you, only we only celebrate promotion winning goals that's fine fair, fair enough uh and then look once they gave up two penalties in the next five minutes at the other end. You know, this was a very open game. Cardiff looked very dangerous uh, in Wednesday's half and final third. Look, uh, were these the most clear-cut penalties ever? I think the first one is clearly a pen. Musaba is trying, is going stride for stride with him, tries to pull out, clips the back of his heel. It's It's sloppy. You know, it's not intentional, but there's contact there. He goes down. It's a pen. Uh, Dawson saves it, no problem. Good strong hand. A great visual image, too, right? The popping it directly up into the air and just waiting for it to <laughs> land in his chest. Uh, just like, yep, this is what I do. I'm Cameron Dawson. I save penalties. Don't ask me anything else about my game. And then a few minutes later, I think Wednesday had a legitimate gripe here. Uh, Kiana Tete is six foot six and a large man. 
and he threw himself into Paul Valentine, who is significantly smaller, <laughs> and then to the ground. And, you know, the ref points to the spot immediately. Again, I'm not saying there wasn't contact, but, like, come on, man. Really, that's uh, that's a bit much. The, the, crowd, the crowd reaction. The crowd, yeah. Was 10, 000, 10, 000 yeah. It was louder than 10,000 when, the, when uh, the, the you've got to be shitting yep. me when the second, second penalty happened. Yep. Um, but that was... Yeah, and, and I, I, I laughed when to pick on officials, but this guy looked like he was out of his league. I mean, um, he was literally, he's a league two, literally player. out of his league. Yes. Um, so they send him to a place without VAR. Yeah. yeah. Hope nobody's there. And look, I but, think the first one was legit. like, I don't think, I mean, outside of that penalty decision was, you know, he generally, I think let it was a little ticky tacky at times. The game never really had a ton of flow. You know, obviously the, the two penalty decisions are the big, big ones. And they got one right and one wrong. And Dawson saves another penalty because, again, it's Cameron Dawson. He saves penalties. And, again, even the rest I of the I sense some foreshadowing here. Yeah, even the rest of the first half, it was just like a very weird game. The atmosphere was weird. It was pretty open. You know, Cardiff was playing a very makeshift team. Well, Wednesday only made uh, three changes. And, look, I said last week, if there's any less than eight changes, <laughs> I'm going to be annoyed. And that's why, you know, I'm not a... Uh, well-regarded young football manager, I guess, because Danny Roll came out in his post game and said, "Look, I, we we need to win games, right? We need to establish momentum. Uh, winning, uh, I you know he sat Bannon and Johnson, obviously, and who are you know older. You know he gave Catamateri a full a full rest too, which is fine as far as it goes. But other than that, this was the this was a full strength squad from from what he had available, and again they played." Well, I think they they were good for the result, maybe not good for the scoreline. Yeah, but you know, Daw- Dawson made some really good saves at the end of the first half too. Uh, and granted, it was three nil at that point, but they did uh, they did pepper them, and it's I think one of the things you see under rules so the way he wants to play. This is very much a bend but don't break style of play on the back line. Which I guess works when you have, you know, like, again, it was Deshaun Bernard. Heckway had a great game again. I thought Bernard played well as well. And you're, but you're putting a lot on those guys to make those, you know, being very positionally aware when teams are countering against them and just being able to to stand up to whatever comes their way. Well, it was the barrage. I mean, look at the stats 22 shots from Cardiff. Mm -hmm. Um, Nine nine on targets, so that it it was it. I mean, it's been cliche, and I've heard it all week. But yeah, it could have been a four three four four game, yeah. but um, I think we just got really fortunate. So um, there also was the ugliest goal ever, I think, in Wednesday history. With no, that, that corner. No, uh, that wasn't even like the. There's a, there's like that would be like the twenty first uh, ugliest patterson goal i think of all time probably. <laughs> okay touche so look I, again that's another call where i think the ref got it right how many how many times do you see that given as a foul and a heckway just jumped straight up and beat the keeper too yeah. and had, yeah. like they keep they were they didn't complain a ton but they kind of like i think we're expecting the whistle i think they're still in shell shock from the pks that they're you know nothing because yeah. it's going to go their way today so i think yeah. i think Heckway was a little hard done for that not being for that being declared an own goal too i think that was going to just sneak in the inside the post 
based on how close I, the I wasn't sure when I watched the replay. The defender I, is like right on the post. So I think it's hitting the post and going yeah. in. Which I guess technically if it's gonna hit the post, it's not a shot on target, but whatever. Yeah. Uh I mean hey, we'll we'll take it going. We'll in, take the goal, right? yeah. Um <laughs> and then uh then two minutes later, uh I have to do the full like Shaquille O'Neal, I'm sorry. I wasn't familiar with your game to Liam Palmer because I did, I did not know that he had that in his locker. He Obviously, only scores worldly. Yeah, on. I mean, he stepped up his goal scoring uh, in recent seasons, but I did not, though. Like, he was feeling it. You could tell uh, in the Hall game, he had that one uh, little daisy cutter that just took a little deflection and went wide. So he's, uh, well, this was just like, I yeah, think it's that that moment where it hits the back corner of the net yeah. doesn't bounce. It's mm. just that's magic. But um, and he does celebrate FA Cup goals. Yes, he does. Uh, yes, that's <laughs> one of those two where it's like, look, Liam Palmer is a is a quality you know second and third division player. He's an experienced. You know, he's going over five hundred appearances soon for Wednesday. You know, came up as a midfielder. You know, thirty two playing his best football of his career the last few years. They all have this in this locker, in their locker, right? Like, I'm sure if you watch, like, you could watch, like, Deshaun Bernard curl one in practice from outside the area and probably put it top bins and things like that. They just all have this. Like, it's a little different to do it in the game in the moment. But... No, it's like a heck way playing the crossbar game. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's just like... <laughs> they can all do it. They right? can all do it, yeah. No, that was better than Windass's goal. Like, Windass's yeah. goal was lovely, yeah. but... For Palmer to turn, it wasn't quite. Uh, not to talk about dirty leads, but mm. the Bamford, the Bamford goal was, yeah. was ridiculous. But it wasn't, you know, that dissimilar in that it was uh, a little trap and a half volley and just smash it into uh, into the corner. And then I thought Wilkes's goal was well taken too. Well taken, yeah. He clearly had a like. You see the covering defender get there, and you're like, oh, it's kind of gone. Like his first touch wasn't great, but he was just trying to get. He was basically trying to get, I think, the defender there to kind of shield the keeper. And he was planning to go near post and just trying to get the keeper to come out and commit. And then he slid right in. Nice. Good for him, right? You know, you hope that, that he can uh, he can kick on from there. I love that move when, when uh, people cut in from the outside. Yeah. So the keeper starts sliding into the middle. And then yeah. you just put it back near post. And the keeper gets those jello legs. Yeah. Trying to uh, that try was really to adjust. Especially the second half was incredibly boring, which was, I guess, a refreshing bit of whatever after the first half well i mean you guys know i wasn't able to watch the game right. i was driving from rink to rink you were and, very confused uh, by the uh <laughs> i looked at my app and and it said it just glanced at it, it said one nothing wednesday seven minutes in and i thought it said three penalties it only said two <laughs> i thought windows has been a penalty for a second i just i think i texted or you know a voice to text the group chat i'm like guys is it Really, one nothing with three penalties, seven minutes in. <laughs> and I think your reply, Jeff, was something like you're missing a game. You're missing a game. <laughs> it was, like, it was incredibly weird. Like usually, like well, was, was that Mike's word for this? Weird. It was. <laughs> you would put. It was weird. And I mean, I'll take is, it. I mean, I'm excited. I'm trying to figure out what are the positive takeaways from it. Like, I'm glad to see Palmer. Liam Palmer doing great in midfield. And I think very good. You know, he might just run out be in midfield there. now, and they need some He's cover great. there at the moment. So, but at the same time, we had a Cardiff team that made six changes. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, what? What are? What? What was this? So, was well, this win. was. Yeah, this was us 
continuing a streak of positivity. This was up putting up putting up goals. This was us getting a terrible fucking draw for the next round, but at the same time, a winnable draw that, you know, I never even think about this shit. Given all the talk that we have about finances and everything, we win this game. We're we're making 250 grand or something like that. Like this is not an insignificant thing for us to advance to the next round in the FA Cup. Um, let alone if were we to advance and get uh, Liverpool at home or get to Old Trafford and get a chunk of, you know, 75,000 uh, attendance. Like this, this really, this, you know, imagine advancing and, and Chancery being able to say, well, now I can buy you a striker. <laughs> like this is potentially a big deal to make a little bit of a run here. So I, I, Jeff and I definitely agreed last week we didn't give a shit. I think I suggest, he suggests rolling out the under 21s. I suggest rolling out the under 14s. But, <laughs> Now that uh, now that we have moved on and got another gross looking uh, tie, but really is just winnable NDS, tie. Like, yeah. Oh, it's and like I mean, they, they play the, they play them the back to one, back. But... Wait, wait, I guess we can talk about Ugh. it now. They drew Coventry at home uh, in the next round. The week after they play Coventry at home in the league. So again, a team is pushing for promotion that is probably going to maybe not as aggressively rotate the squad as Cardiff, but is going to view that game as an opportunity to get their players some rest uh, as they try to, well, they kind of, they kind of slapped us around a little bit on boxing day. They so. did again. You didn't think they were great. And I do wonder if it plays no. out a little differently at home. So again, they've got a few, a fair few fixtures to get through before we get to that point, And we'll see where. Not, not a good draw are. though. Not Although a good I, draw. I, no. I, I would like to fess up that I complained on, uh, one of our group chats said that was about the worst possible draw. I had a friend of the pond, J.B. Midgley, pointed out uh, Coventry at Coventry <laughs> would be a worse draw, which is credit credit to you, J.B. Which that would be the true. replay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Ugh. I did love uh, – I was uh, chatting with my friend uh, Thomas. He's been on the show before. He's an Everton fan. He's the Everton preview for the FA Cup a few years ago because uh, they obviously are doing a replay with Crystal Palace. And I'm like – Sean Dyche thinks the relegation scrap is going too well. He had to add a mid midweek fixture in there somewhere just to make it a little bit harder. He's got to get on his grind. <laughs> hey, magic of the FA Cup. It is. And like, look, the the vibes right now are immaculate. Obviously, the post game, you can see it if she's on, on on Inside Match Day with Danny Roll going over and taking photographs with the fans that were there, the the Danny Roll song obviously ringing out through large portions of the game as well. It's just, and look, I don't, we don't know what the future holds, right? They're still not out of the relegation spots. They've got a tricky set of tricky pictures, couple pictures coming up, coming up, up yeah. in, especially in January, but even going into February too. So we'll, we'll continue to reevaluate where we are, but right now, yeah, the vibes are good. The goals are going in. Uh, we'll see where we are uh, this time next week. For now, we'll take a break, come back, <laughs> cover the Wednesday news. You know, it's the it always changes week to week on this show. It's the Wednesday way. The Wednesday way, yes. <laughs> and a preview, that upcoming fixture away to Southampton. Welcome back. Now it's time for the Wednesday news. The transfer window is open and... 
Wednesday are doing some business. The big news of the week is James Beadle, who's been rumored, I think, really since the middle of December to be on Wednesday's radar, is uh, coming in on loan. He's a 19-year-old goalkeeper from Brighton, was on loan at Oxford, got recalled. They're sending him back on loan with Wednesday. Obviously, his his highlight reel of saves has been going around. He did his first interview. He's 19. He looks like he's about 17. He does but, not even look 17. Yeah. <laughs> Might sounds, be the haircut. It sounds like David, uh, David Fascaz will be heading back to Milan. But what does this mean for Cameron Dawson? Well, I mean, first of all, I think what does it mean for Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be a shithead because yeah. Cam Dawson's been a great servant for the club and does this and that. But, I mean, we're getting a, a keeper in that his ceiling is like, you know – elite maybe not elite premier league but like top tier english goalkeeper like he's been in the under 21 setup like this is a kid who has some you know international potential he combines the shot stopping ability with the ability to play the ball out from the back at his feet and that's what you know cam dawson obviously with his his penalty saving is I mean, frankly, it's ridiculous. It is kind it's, of ridiculous. You, you can't, like, nobody should be this good at saving penalties. Uh, but, you know, Cam's not the best with the ball at his feet. And uh, I think we've all questioned his movement on, on goals at times. Well, even I, th- it- I think we're getting in a young, elite goaltender. And, and the youth will be potentially an issue. But And just the, know, phys- just the physical size of him, it. too, at this level, I think, is... You know, we'll see how good he is in traffic and things like that, and that's gonna it's gonna play out how it's gonna play out. It's not like there's some big center backs bearing down on him in League One on corner kicks and things like that too. So I mean, I think even in the even in the Cardiff game though, I mean it was three nil at the, that point because no one cared. There was like a kind of speculative ball in that he almost you know rolled. Well, he had the one that he bounced, the yeah, yeah. That bounced behind him and he got lucky uh, on the spin of it, yeah. yeah. He caught on the spin, bounced over. Yeah, I don't know where. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm excited to see Beetle play. I like Cameron Dawson a lot. I know I'm not in the majority I mean, of look, that. Brighton's one. not recalling but, him from where he's the first choice keeper to sit on the bench for the next right. three months. Exactly. I, I, he might not go in directly against Southampton, but, but I expect. I think Cameron Dawson. Cameron Dawson's too young to play the David Stockdale, good old boy leadership mm-hmm. role. He's so trying think- with the mustache, though. It does make him look older. Okay, well maybe he is right. Be the <laughs> so, Stockdale, Mike, good what is? Mike, for you then, what is what is this goalkeeper situation? How do you how do you see it playing out? Uh, well, I mean, it's going to be Beetle. I, I, mean, yeah. I have no doubt it's going to be Beetle. I'm just still not sure it was the best move to bring him in. But again, I'm I'm, I'm behind him. Let's do it. But and, um, and look, Dawson Dawson was pretty, I think, realistic about this and his like post game stuff. Yeah. He basically said like, you know, he talked about his, his he talked about the game and things like that. And he obviously, I think. He may have even known the Beatles coming in at that point. He's like, it's the championship, right? This is like, I know, like I'm willing to, but he had to compete for his place for years, right? With Westwood and Wild Smith. And he's, you know, had to go out on loan and things like that. And I think at a certain point you get, you know, the, the allure, I don't want to say the allure, but the, you know, the, the doe eyed, I'm playing for my boyhood club thing goes away and you're, you become a professional, right? He's a, you do what you, you have to do what's best for your career. And look, this isn't going to, like, he's a perfectly fine uh, second choice keeper at this level. If Beetle gets hurt or something like that, like, obviously, 
the manager here, you know, picked him over Davis Vasquez, who's a is a Milan keeper and has been in the Colombian international setup. So and is and is better with his feet, yeah. which given that Roll likes to play out from the back and utilize the keeper, it really says a lot about his opinion of uh Dawson's shot stopping ability. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah, I, I but think like, you're right. Mike. Is Beetle, no I don't think Beetle's going to be here long to... term, right? I assume Brighton sees him as the keeper no, of the future, it's... like in the same way that Bailey Peacock Farrell was, you know, just here for the year or whatever. So, you know, you can reevaluate in the summer, right? Um, I believe Dawson is under contract for another year uh, past this one, although I have not checked that recently. So, you know, it's again, you're always look. There's going to be this is Danny Roll's first transfer window. Obviously, if he's still here in the summer and Wednesday are still in the championship, he's going to be able to put his stamp on the team a little more uh, emphatically at that point. Um, he is still sort of working with, you know, two different managers, players at this point that are not his own and doing quite <laughs> well uh, while doing it. But quite well. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, you know, be- obviously Beetle could go right in this weekend, right? He's had match time. He's match fit. You know, he's been playing. So I would not be shocked, but we'll see how it goes. Southampton away is a is a tough first assignment. For sure. In other transfer news, it sounds like Ike Ugbo from Cardiff City, who currently is on loan from Troye. I think that's right, Troye. One of my French is not particularly good. Uh, to Cardiff. That if that's sound- French, it's probably Troye. Troye. Right. Uh, sure. <laughs> it sounds like his loan to Cardiff is going to be canceled, and Wednesday are going to uh, out and out... Uh, Transfer form, get a transfer form. Um, they're they're looking to buy, right? They're looking to buy, yeah. Here yeah. and obviously he's, I don't know if he's out and out number nine, but he is another attacking option. He played with Anthony Musaba at uh, Bruges in the uh, in the Belgian first division, and they had a pretty good uh, goal scoring tandem going there. So. That was the that was the stats I saw. Yeah, I saw something something uh, like. What, something like 25 goal involvement between the two of them or something like that. Oh, great. Uh, so we'll see if they can uh, recapture some of that magic in the championship. Assuming this actually. What did, uh, what did Cardiff day call him? A poor man's poor man's uh, Drogba, which I mean, when you're in the championship, you'll take that. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good to me. <laughs> There's been uh, off and on rumors that they are in for Connor Coventry on loan from West Ham. He's a 23-year-old midfielder. Charlton, also interested. He's a big boy, right? He is a big boy, yes. Uh, it's un- that Again, those rumors were a little bit hotter a couple days ago. Now it sounds like they've cooled off a little bit. With, I don't know if it's a disagreement over fees or salary or the usual things that happen in the in the uh, cold, cold days of January every year. We'll see how that plays out. They could use some midfield depth. That was linked uh, briefly with a rumor that it might buyers might be outgoing. But it seems like uh, various sources, including George Byers himself, have put the put the kibosh <laughs> on that, and that he wants to. Well, and to and stay. coming from the club too, it's one thing yeah. for Byers to say, "No, I want to stay here." It's another thing for <laughs> you know, if not Byers directly Danny Roll, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. people who have talked to Danny Roll to say that Roll has uh, shit a role for him <laughs> right. to play. Just keep going. Roll um, with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, that was bad, but it was what came to mind. Um, yeah, I don't... Uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk about a couple other guys. Uh, we've got, you know, Smith, rumored to be on the way out. We've got... 
you know, we got a couple guys that I really like who, who have played a major part the last couple of years in this team uh, looking to go out. Where's uh, where's our number nine going? Uh, Wrexham. Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah, I mean... We're kind of putting some... We're doing some... Uh, reading the context clues there. An ambitious, yeah. league, an ambitious League 2 side. Read into that what you will. But, like, I, I love Lee Gregory. I love Michael yeah. Smith. I, I like these guys. I appreciate it. But we, we need to move on from our yeah. League 1 days. This, we've been talking about it all year. This is why we moved on from from Darren Moore. This is... Uh, well, not exactly you know, why we moved on from Darren Moore. But... <laughs> well, that's why he's okay with us moving on from sure. Darren Moore. How's that? Speaking of players might be moving on, as mentioned, there's League One interest again in Smith. I don't know if it's Darby. It was obviously Darby uh, over the summer. <laughs> I mean, fine. They want to give us some cash. I yeah, mean, it not, sounds like... He's yeah. not going to play. It's yeah, it sounds Danny like from play. the 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 rumors I've seen that there's Wednesday really don't want to do a free or a loan here. They want to fee if Michael Smith is going to leave, which fair enough. You know, Michael Smith is still going to be part of the squad uh, going forward, regardless, even if not their first choice striker. I I love this one. Uh, Josh Windass linked with Atletico Talleres again in Argentina. Or is that that, uh, that Argentinian? Club like why? <laughs> I don't know. Is this where he's brushing up on Spanish again? And, yeah. uh, he's a, so he can, because his, he's out of contract uh, at the end of the year, he can negotiate with non-English teams at this point. I think this is what literally happened two years ago uh, when these rumors happened last time. But uh, we'll see how that plays out, right? Obviously, I think Windass is going to be the first choice number 10 when healthy. So, Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I wouldn't. Know. And look, they can work something out and he can play out the balance of the season too. So it's not like... Uh, that, that's fine. But yeah. this, this year's team... Badly I mean, needs Josh Windass, yeah. I, yeah, we a healthy Josh Windass for the rest of this season with the way this team looks in a few parts. Yeah. And in, you look and with like... You know, I, I don't sweat. Katamateri, Musabe, and Gasama playing directly in front of them. It's like the... It's not really, whether the wing with three in attack, wings, obviously they sort of float... Uh, Back and forth between a four-two-three-one and a and a four-four-two at times, depending on how, what they need. Well, it depends where we have the ball. Yeah. Like and, having you know, the, the coming veteran and... championship number ten around those younger players, I think is uh, incredibly valuable. Also good though. I do wonder if Josh Windass is the most positive influence on uh, As I, a young I, athlete, but that's okay. It's, I mean, I, I it can cut a number of it can cut a number of ways. But yeah, no, I, I have zero desire. You know what? If if Atletico Teleris wants to offer us four million dollars to Josh Windass, sure. well, so be it. Uh, otherwise, I I think it's just. The nonsense this time of year. Yeah, and perhaps the weirdest news of the week. Uh, there's rumor going around that M- teams in the MLS and leagues below the MLS, which I assume it's the USL Championship, are interested in Liam Palmer. Oh God, does Tommy want him on the Charleston Battery? I'm sure he does. I mean, be Tommy <laughs> starting the rumors. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I might actually go to a New England Revolution game for once. I assume this would be as a designated player. Because I can't imagine this would make financial sense otherwise. Um, there aren't a ton of obvious connections here. Obviously, Dean Smith just took the job at uh, 
what is it? Charlotte Rising? What are they even called? Charlotte. I think it's just Charlotte FC. Is it just Charlotte FC? Sure. Yeah, whatever the Charlotte team is. Apologies uh, to our Charlotte listeners. Yeah. That'd be you, Ricky. Jeez, uh, Mike, I, I feel like you're one of our uh, American soccer experts here. The fact that you don't know tells me. Uh, I think well, it's your No, I mean, I saw it come something. up. I saw the headline in the star, and I would, mm-hmm. immediately was looking for teams. And I remember when. Uh, it is Liam Charlotte Palmer, FC for the record. Liam Palmer was on our podcast. He talked about his uh, closeness with Sean McCauley. Yeah, who's at Indy 11. I did not know that Sean, Sean is no longer in the MLS. He's at so, Indy 11, yeah. Um, where is so, Sean now? Indy 11. Yep. What's that? Indianapolis? Yes. Or that India. is the USL championship team. Uh, <laughs> USL and he would not be the first X Wednesday player to play there because uh, Jermaine Johnson did as well. All right. Let's make it happen. Year, yeah. I think they're, I think they're inaugural season, Jermaine Johnson. I saw him play uh, the New York Cosmos at Hofstra in November. It was freezing out. might have been October. It was freezing out. Is all I remember. Jeff, you're putting so many words together that don't make yeah. sense in a sentence. And of course, Jermaine Johnson uh, did not start that game, but did come on as a sub. But did wave to me when he saw the one. <laughs> there were not that many people in attendance for an October night game. Uh, in Hofstra? At Hofstra, oh, yeah. <laughs> I take the ally for, on. For USL. Uh, I had been up. There, I saw game. the Wednesday game in the morning. I don't remember what Wednesday game it was. And they won. I remember that. But... Uh, I'm not ready for Palmer to leave either. I, I, I think he's no. also I think demonstrated. Will be around. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think he's demonstrated his usefulness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he obviously plays a lot of positions, but kind of been liking him. Uh, I'm not even sure I need him starting, but as yeah. a squad player who could play across the back line or in defensive midfield, like let's hang on to that guy for a little bit. As mentioned, Wednesday we'll play Coventry in round four of the FA Cup in uh, three weeks, I think. Whatever. I just, I whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, some other news from play the, the U14s. Uh, bits and bobs from the coaching side. Uh, it was noted that Will Vox is going for his coaching badges and has been doing some work with the uh, with the youth team. And yeah, Will Vox strikes me as like extremely. He's going to be like the Stevenage manager, like two years after he retires probably i could absolutely see that no he always like yeah. him and like palmer strike me as the obvious like future coaches on the squad i know bannon's talked about wanting to stay in the game and do it too um so i wouldn't be shocked if he does that as well but but vox and palmer have always struck me as the future coaches i could see vox ending up like a little bit of a Cult of personality manager to yeah. call, like Wickham or something. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah. You know? <laughs> I, like the other one I want is uh, I, he looks like he's 35, but he's still in his 20s. Like Pado managing in the Scottish Championship or something. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that, need, that, that needs to happen. That needs to happen. Yeah. And uh, on the Wednesday coaching news, uh, Richard Stirrup is the new first team performance analysis. There was analyst. There was an interesting article on him in the the star. I think it went up today or yesterday. Uh, the, sort of, was it the star? I think it was the star. Okay. Yeah. Um, just sort of covering like what he does and it's not really like a statistical and it's not like a director of analytics kind of thing. Like we might think about it with like Brentford and, and things like that. It's, <laughs> it's like a funny thing to say, right? It, he's like, doing live tactical analysis of the match and like he's the guy that like hands the ipad to tom brady after they come in from the drive 
like breaking down what happened on the defense. And it makes sense when you think about it, right? Because if you're Danny Roll on the sideline, you've got 700 things going on. You don't have that kind of top-down view of what's happening. You might not be in that image on any of their left wing backs pinching in a lot when they attack, you know, tell Kasama once we get possession to get out wide quickly and there's an opportunity there or something like that. Yeah. I'm well, sure like, very, a lot of teams do this live during Sounds very grown up. It sounds, it sounds like a real like a real <laughs> football team, yeah. Yeah, who said that? Was that Paul or Patty? Somebody, yeah. somebody said uh, it's like we're a real football team. I think mm. that was Patty's line. Uh, well, I think it's great because I think from what I read in the description I read, and Jeff, you obviously know with your baseball connections, but baseball is one of the first sports to bring this in, but all sports and many teams now have it. It's the idea of finding somebody who can take statistical analysis and make it uh, understandable for players. Right. right. So that's the big He's basically gap, like a right? translator, right? Yes. And him have been an ex-player at a yes, high level. That's often, with, you often see that in baseball Barty too. In the fifth, fifth tier or whatever, has some experience. He knows how to take the information and put it into a form that the players understand and apparently can do it mid-game, which yeah. is frankly invaluable. Right. Uh, it, it's a skill that not everybody has. So how many times have we watched games this... like over the years? And like this was true during the Darren Moore side too, but I think it was even true more last time oh, the championship where Wednesday would you know Wednesday would play fine in the first half and they come out in the second half and the, the team they're playing had just shifted something. And Wednesday couldn't really respond to it. Now Wednesday seems to be the team that's been able. They've had some really good second halves recently, right? They've become more of a second half team. They've stolen some points. They've stolen three points here and there. So I mean, what was the what was the game a couple of weeks ago? Uh, Hull, where was that the red card? Yeah, Hull was a red card. Crying yeah. about yeah. that was yeah. a game. I made the, I made that point in, uh, leading into halftime. I'm worried about their ability to make adjustments. Because Hull's clogging them up, and they fucking scored three minutes in the yeah. second half. And like, oh, well, there, there are some adjustments, you know. So hopefully, uh, I mean, I, I'm the type of person who thinks any information is good information. You right. don't have to use it all, but right. to, to receive information about what's occurring. And I think at this point, too, this you. is the largest coaching staff I can remember at Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, God, it's been even close. Yeah. Following the team. I feel like one of those years Neil Thompson took over as caretaker. It was like him and his gardener. <laughs> I was like, that was well, it. It's one of those things. So obviously there was a, uh, people were talking a lot about sort of the Neil Warnock quotes uh, this past week about sort of the most important thing is that everyone has their statistics now, but the most important thing is man management. And yeah, the most important thing is man management. Part of man management is getting the statistics to the players, help them be their vet. And like Danny Roll can obviously do that yeah. too. I don't know, man. I kind of think Danny Roll can do anything. (laughs) Well, we'll see. Can Danny Roll handle a trip to Southampton at the weekend? Let's find out. Take it away, Justin. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, Southampton's in third. And not only are they third, they're only three back at Ipswich. Uh, Asterisk, quote, whatever, world's greatest football club. Yes. uh, Led by Kieran McKenna, world's greatest manager. Uh, but yeah, Southampton is uh, on a roll. They're in third with a very lovely plus 15 goal difference. They're very good at home. They're the, the fourth best uh, record at home with a plus 15 goal difference. The scary thing is uh, their form overall second in the league only to Leicester, uh, which is four wins and two draws. 
but their last uh, six games at home at St. Mary's, six wins and a 16 to two goal difference. So this team is absolutely flying. Um, if you recall, we played them in the first game of the year, lost two to one in a game that, you know, they dominated, but, you know, didn't really. Uh, Wednesday were good you know, value blow for us up. in that game. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. Um, real quick review, uh, Southampton, Hampshire, they're the Saints. They started as the St. Mary's Church team, 1885. Um, one of those many, many teams that joined the EFL in the 1920 expansion to having a third division. Um, they did win the FA Cup in 1976 as a second division club, which winning uh, cup trophies as a second division club is definitely appreciated here. Uh, amongst our fan base. Um, they were a Premier League team for a long time, and the, the running joke on them there for a bit was that they were a Liverpool feeder club. Uh, <laughs> gave Liverpool uh, many, many players. Uh, Riccio Pochettino got his introduction to English football through Southampton as well. And lest we forget, uh, that's where Danny Roll had mm -hmm. his introduction to English football, working under Ralph Asenudo. Uh so the current manager is Russell Martin, who uh, is a big, uh, shiny, young, the Kieran McKenna, if you will, yes. of uh, both MK Dons and uh, Swansea. And from everything I've seen and read so far this year, this is a typical Martin team. Uh, they play a 4-3-3. They like to possess the ball, build up out of the back, give you a high press. They bring balls in through the channels. If you want a you know, sort of more well-known style, you know, think of uh, the way that Guardiola likes to play, get the balls in the channels, curl them in. Uh, obviously, they don't have the talent of a Barca or a City or a Bayern, but it's that style, you know, cycle the ball through the midfield, get it going. If they don't have the ball, they're going to press us. Um, you can put a lot of pressure on the strong side, the side where the ball is, uh, try and drop back. Um it's a really good team. They have uh, Adam Armstrong, who seems to be one of those guys. What is it? The Dwight Gale, uh, where he destroys the championship and yes. can't quite make it happen in the premiership. Well, Adam Armstrong has 13 goals and nine assists this year, which is frankly gross. That's something else. Um, you're going to see him up front, I am almost certain, with some combination of... Uh, Kamaladin Sulemana, Samuel Adoze, or Carlos Alcatraz, or even Shea Adams joining him up front. And all of them have chipped in and are very capable attacking players. Um, and then their midfield, they, they tend to have two eights that push up and attack, and Stuart Armstrong and Will Smallbone. And I'm sorry, I, I'm... 47 next week but will smallbone that's like, very it's like come a, on, dude. <laughs> like, come on. i'm yeah. not gonna laugh at you come on buddy. that's like a that's oh. like a prince from the like the ninth century in england that like couldn't ascend to the throne for some reason yeah uh because of his small bone oh, I don't know, because of small bones Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah it's only one bone we're talking about there's right? like there's like so, ethred yeah. the unready or something that seems like very uh ethelred the unready ethelred the unready there, yeah so. come on man uh two, I, two degrees in history buddy yeah uh they're uh the central defense and midfielder will be uh should be a guy named flynn downs it's kind of a youngin compared to the rest of the squad he's there uh 
Rodri or uh, oh uh, Busquets, if we're comparing this team mm. to greatness, uh, things will cycle. It is him. still Southampton, to be clear. It is still Southampton, but again, uh, very, it's a very, very, it's good, a very good championship squad. Yeah. At this team, and and you know, I've argued this with people all the time. This is one of the ten best leagues in the world. Yeah. You know, this is. This and you is just a good look at the names. You, you obviously mentioned Che Adams already. They got Mason Holgate on loan from Everton. Kyle Walker Peters, you know, who's been in the England setup. Oh, Ryan Fraser. Kyle Walker Peters. Yeah. So uh, they. Fra- Fraser hasn't been getting as much playing time yeah. recently as uh, some of the other attackers I mentioned. But yeah. there's another guy. Uh, Jan Bednarik is one of their uh, center backs. He's played in the Premiership. Like, this is a very good team. Um, the one thing that I kind of like, I kind of like about this matchup mm-hmm. is that uh, they work the ball out from the back, but they're not the greatest at it. And they're a little bit soft in midfield in that they've, they've got these attacking, three attacking midfielders. But their defensive midfielder in Flynn Downs is not a defensive midfielder. He's a ball distributor. Um, and, and I think we have a real opportunity to press them in their third of the pitch and get turnovers, right? Like put a and, lot of pressure on them, get turnovers. We've proven the ability to do that. I, I think if we can sit back a little bit in sort of a, you know, maybe two banks of four type of setup, when they're coming at us, clog the middle, not allow them to get to those channels to put the balls in. There's space. There's a lot of space behind their fullbacks as they push up. So I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that we're going to beat Southampton at Southampton. This is a very good football team. They're literally the opposite of us. We're third from bottom. They're third from top. But at the same time, uh, I have a, stupid amount of faith in Danny Roll right now. And I I think we kind of have the pieces to cause them some trouble and potentially nick a couple goals and uh, see how it goes. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm drunk. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. I'm they're they're unbeaten in 19 across all competitions. <laughs> well, oh, we can't, can't let them get to 23. Down. Six straight home wins with a plus 14 goal difference. They are. Yeah. And not only that, I, I read a quote from Yad Bagnarik who said, because <laughs> he was referencing their their uh, non-losing streak, and he said, uh, probably in English, not Polish, uh, these ties feel like losses. So, mm. I mean, they are focused, firing on all cylinders, ready to go i i don't think our expectation should be anything other than us showing up working hard and and giving them a game and and i have no doubt that uh danny roll led team will do that we'll see if the optimism uh carries into next week when we're reviewing the game but for now you've been listening to episode 236 of the owls americast Find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. You have the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers by fellow Wednesdays Revit and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do it feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americast, we ask that you rate and read the show. It helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Mike is on Twitter at... Cascadia Owls. Well, Mike, you've had the whole show now. Do you have a uh, 
a better song for Justin than uh, the bass. Oh no, no I like the no, way you're going. going that. Um, I think we have to uh, we have to, to, to bust that out. Yeah. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owls. Justin, do you have a main beer you like more than a tiny beautiful something? Uh, yeah, Peeper. Yeah, and I Peeper, also want to uh, correct. It was not. Uh, it was Lou Barlow of uh, Subido okay, and Dinosaur yeah, sure. Jr. I worked with Cindy Barlow for a little okay. bit. Uh, but Lou Barlow ran the same circle as all those pictures. Sure, people, sure, sure. So, yeah. I'm on Twitter at uh, Jeff Paternostro. Enjoy the Western Massachusetts music. And we'll see you back here next week. <laughs>